Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice, mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So hello and welcome to our latest episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And today we are joined by Ken Finlayson. We're delighted to have Ken join us. Ken's the owner of FMC, the Dental Communications Group. He's an entrepreneur innovator, recently has become a climber, and he is a storyteller to rival Roald Dahl. He has wonderful stories. Welcome, Ken. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. A lovely introduction. Yeah, what an intro. You summed it up. Perfect. I thought I thought it wasn't a bad one to it be fair. Very like good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. 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 Most of which we can't mention on here, though, Ken. So that's the. Uh... <laughs> I do feel under Absolutely. pressure. The best stories can't be repeated, but you know, no, no, I'll sorry. do my best. Always, always, and, and you're looking very good for somebody who's just returned from Mount Kilimanjaro, which we're going to get to later on. Yeah, indeed. Well, I'll uh, describe a little bit about that later. But I am incapacitated. Yeah. I've only uh, just last week I was in a wheelchair. Uh, I've just come oh, out really? of that, so I'm still struggling a bit, but uh, over the worst. What was that for then? Oh, so well, we need, we, you can't leave that one hanging. Yeah, there's, that there's, hanging. There's, there's a story in there already. Well, uh, I injured myself on the mountain, uh, managed to get through, and it's never really healed itself. So a couple of weeks back, oh. I started doing a little bit of running to get fit again and mm. uh, totally incapacitated myself. And was I'd been unable wow. to walk all altogether. But uh, I went to the doctor last week. I was in a wheelchair. Uh, he said, "Just give it a few more days rest, and um, you know, just look for the next mountain thereafter, no, not wow. before." Yeah. Oh, oh, well, yeah, well okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're out of the chair and you're and you're feeling better. So yeah, yeah. Much like better. That. What's that bloke who was on the? Uh, was it Netflix who did the I don't know thirty six mountains or eighteen? Oh, mountains? Nims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not him. So is that you? You're going to be next, right? Okay. My no. next challenge is the Matterhorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll check it out. Uh, never say never. I was going to say you didn't say no. You didn't say no. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to the we'll, we'll yeah. get to the um the, the the mountain climbing experience of, of of you. But to kick off, could you just sort of set the scene and tell us about? the Finlayson clan and, and what your childhood was like? Because you're, you're a well-known Ooh, figure in cool. dentistry, but how did it all start for you? Who is the man behind The man is, um, well, Scottish, very proud yep. Scot, uh, born just outside of Glasgow in a few years back, and uh, grew up in Scotland and England. My dad was in the Air Force, an officer in the Air Force, and then he went into the hotel business and uh, when we were 14, we emigrated to South Africa, to a large uh, organization in Southern Africa. So my high school was in, in South Africa. My junior school was in, in Scotland. And uh, yeah, that, that's really my, my childhood. Whereabouts so, in South Africa, Ken? In Johannesburg. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. So great uh, climate. Lovely yeah, weather, <laughs> lovely weather. Um, the significant issues in my uh, teen years with with the apartheid situation, mm. uh, segregation issues, which I felt very strongly about and and uh, was not comfortable with, mm. and ultimately left the country rather than uh, doing military service, 
which was where you go at that time mm. uh, as a Caucasian. You, you were so you must have left then before Mandela was released and yes, did. and everything. Yeah, and uh, came back to Britain. And however, it was uh, it was not planned or organised. It was uh, mm. it was an impromptu thing where I basically had to leave. So I came back to my home country, expecting to to become a pilot in the air force. Did Did you come back as a family, or no. did you just come back on your own independently? What age were you at this point, Ken? 18. Right, so a young man. That's, yeah. That's quite a, a, a big thing to come back, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I expected to join the uh, Air Force uh, as my family had all been in the Air Force uh, over the years. Um, had obviously been inspired by the movie Top Gun. <laughs> of course. Uh, I because felt, that's real life. <laughs> I felt I could do it better than that. Perhaps, uh, <laughs> perhaps when we get to that bit, we could get like the edit of like, the, the theme tune. Change the background. You can be on a fighter jet on a boat or something. And that's re- that's really it. And then uh, that didn't materialise. I didn't understand the rules, uh, which meant you had to be resident in the UK for a couple of years prior to applying, which I hadn't worked that out. So I was unable to join the Air Force as planned. And uh, just uh, got a variety of roles to tie myself over and, and uh, eventually ended up in publishing. Fascinating. So obviously, obviously being brought up in, in Scotland and, and then going to, to South Africa and then back to, you, you were in England, England at this yeah. point. D- did that kind of set you up well for dealing with... Um, uncertainty and uh, having to look after yourself and manage your own destiny because that's quite an unusual upbringing isn't it what you had i think it did uh in that all of us are more than capable of looking after ourselves and i was in a situation whereby that came a little bit earlier than some but Mm. it was fairly easy really just you know you, you you have no safety net, therefore you 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 just have to start doing things for yourself. And I presume many people of our age, with our children, we're still helping them a lot, and and that's the way of the world these days. But back in in those days, it wasn't particularly unusual to to be out on your own, and we struggled to start with, but you managed it fine. I just think of a seriously interesting accent. Yeah, <laughs> Glasgow tinged with south african yeah back in the uk oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you, you you've obviously clearly got a, a strong entrepreneurial flair is that something that came from your your father when he left the ref and got into the hotel business are there other family members in business is this something that you acquired yourself on a kind of a, a needs must basis how did that come about i think my dad was a very creative man far far more creative than i am so he he would have had an instinct to try different things and i grew up in a household where that was normal uh so if it wasn't business it would be painting or public speaking or or lots of different things my dad would would just be doing whilst we watched and would grow grew up in that culture mm. so uh i suppose that that uh, is the blueprint for me. I didn't mean to uh, be entrepreneurial as such. However, I was never 
particularly keen to work in a large organization, I always felt that I'd like to make my own way. Mm. And uh, whether that be within someone else's company or doing my own thing, I really have a, an independent streak, which I, I like to have my vision and try and fulfill it. Mm. So, so that was always going to be easier outside of a large company. Yeah. And uh, how yeah. on your publishing journey, you sort of said you did various jobs and then it ended up in publishing. So what did you start publishing as? I can't imagine. Was it, was it anything to do with healthcare or just like any type of publishing, you know, like selling tractors or something? I actually worked for a large, uh, well, a large American company initially called GTE, which is a huge uh, US um, business media company. And then I worked for Reed uh, Business Information, oh, right. yeah, yeah. which is <coughs> one of the biggest companies yeah. in the UK for, for media as well, uh, uh, in also in the business media area, uh, uh, ultimately working for a medical media business, or right. healthcare actually, with, but strongly in the sort of GP and hospital medicine area. Right. Um, which had a little interest in dentistry, but not not significant. Mm. Mm. Uh, as I say, what was your light bulb moment when you thought, oh, hello? Well, as I say, I always wanted to try and create my own path. So I always mm. had that in mind. So I was often at the weekends thinking, what could I do? What could I do whilst I was in other <laughs> employment? Right, okay. <laughs> and uh, then I thought, well, maybe I could start a magazine and the medical media is quite expensive and quite mm. sophisticated and there's very significant global organizations operating in that space. And then I looked at the dentistry area and, and, and it wasn't the same. It was an easier, more cost-effective route to get into. Mm. So I, I thought well, that that's probably something that I could do and uh, decided to have a crack at that. And how old were you then, Ken? I was 12. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Time goes backwards. Yeah, you got the whole thing started between Scotland yeah. and South Africa. Yeah, Very amazing. impressive. <laughs> no, I, 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 was, uh, I was 28. Oh, wow. Yeah, 28. So pretty young, pretty young. It, it feels it now. It didn't feel it then. Uh, I felt quite old at the time. Uh, and, and, and very, uh, without going into too much uh, boring depth, but I, I decided um, to go to the US just literally in a backpacking style. It wasn't some sophisticated business trip. Uh, went on a cheap flight to New York and went to dental practices, just knocked on the door, asked them for their uh, media to have a look uh, at what magazines they were reading. Uh, and knowing that uh, US was more progressed in dentistry than we were, mm -hmm. and just plagiarized the ideas from there brought them back to the UK, sketched out some ideas based on what they were doing in the US mm. and effectively pulled my own model together off the back of right. that. That's something that I've always done. I know that I don't have the best ideas. I hardly ever have a white piece of paper to work from. I, I rather go to what I believe to be best practice, typically mm. in other sectors, and learn from excellence and, and success and try and implement it into what I'm doing rather than Ken and his team 
have a white piece of paper and let's invent something wonderful. Mm. We'd rather say mm. that is wonderful. How could we implement it into our Adapt area? It, yeah. And I think truly innovating, you know, the, the Elon Musk type characters, they're very, very few and far between. I think most of us just adapt and change things that we see and put yeah. our own take and tweak on it and make it a bit better. I think trying to start something new, which doesn't exist, where you're having to educate people into the need for something that, that wasn't there before, I yeah. think that's incredibly hard and, and it burns money and time like you wouldn't believe. So I think the way you go about it is, is actually uh, goes back to that kind of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial commercial aspect of it it's a sensible way mm. to to go and develop it so when you yeah. when you started fmc as a publisher did you have this grand plan that it was going to include a, an exhibition program and award ceremonies and digital content and cpd education and all the things that now fall under the the fmc umbrella was did you always see that it could become that at the time the business plan which as bankers you'd understand uh you know needed to be presented to the bankers which isn't what we called them, but obviously not to their face. But the, the yeah. um, we had a euphemism for them anyway. Um, but the really nice people who would provide <laughs> yeah. finance. That's it. That's that it. Is what it is. Uh, wonder kids, we called them. Um, but the the is uh, the <laughs> plan <laughs> said that we devo- develop into other vertical markets like veterinary, optical, uh, GP, uh, and yeah. so on. That, that's what the plan said. So we'd have a success and then proliferate out that way. Roll it out. Mm. In so far as um, digital media didn't exist. So that mm. wasn't one of the, we didn't see that one coming at all. In fact, uh, I still struggle with it to this day. But the, the uh, yeah, so so that that was the so thinking. Did blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and it's interesting how. One, I haven't used, heard the phrase vertical for a while. Do you remember everyone was like, oh. everyone was vertical and horizontal and we're going yeah. to do this and all that sort of stuff. It's quite interesting mm-hmm. that, yeah, you know, people were like, oh, we're going to do this and then we're going to spread out into so-and-so. And then once you were in it, you realised there were so many more opportunities within where you yeah. were as opposed to having to keep going to uh, rolling out to another uh, sector or something. But in exactly. many ways, that's kind of how we've grown our own group. You kind of look at the needs of the audience you're servicing and you say, are there more things that we can do for that audience? Mm-hmm yes well let's do it and as long as it kind of appeals to the the people you're currently working with and we all obviously work within dentistry and it's relevant to your set of services and it adds value and it's needed then kind of Mm. those are the sorts of things that naturally fit and Mm. i think going into new and different markets it's not always as easy as it sounds just because you're successful in one particular sector doesn't mean that it easily translates to 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 another and you've got to start again you? you've got to build a brand okay you've got a, an acceptance that you've got the authority if someone looked at where you've been but in reality you're going into a completely new market where no one has a clue who you are anyway yeah so you sort of have to start again really it's yeah, yeah. Well, i think you guys have you done a great job it, of that uh, the, the fta no. brand going thank you ken has it always been horizontal industry horizontal yeah. yeah have you always called it dentistry or has it ever called anything else uh well it, it you know the company's FMC. That the brand uh, was initially Dentistry Monthly, right? Uh, and uh, we came out every week, obviously. Um, no, yeah. so, so no, so so we we came out monthly, and we we wanted to designate it with that title, and then we dropped the monthly as we became more frequent. Oh, yeah, Dentistry Monthly. I yeah, yeah. Well, it's other people have come and gone, haven't they? Do you remember that was uh, 
there was, was it Dental oh, Tribune yeah. or something, and <clears throat> other people have come, tried to get yeah. in the space, and then have sort of disappeared from the yeah. space. Yeah, you, you must be, along with, I suppose, BDJ, which is always there, and I can never quite remember any of the other guys, but yeah. you know, you, you must be the most visible brand, I'd have thought. Well, the BDJ and the BDA are the gold standard in, in our world. The, the level of information that they produce and the standard of that information is incredibly high. Mm. Where we fit in is in, in a more accessible style. So the idea of the things that we do is that any practitioner from Hardy Street, Scunthorpe, Scotland, mm. anywhere, any nurse, dentist, practice manager, can can dip into FMC material and get mm. something out of mm. it. Uh, it's uh, interesting, isn't it? We don't operate in that rarefied arena. Yeah, you've got sort of like dental practice and dental update, and they're well known in what they do. Mm. And then yours is. It's always I always used to think yours was sort of like the almost like the the one that someone would sit in the the staff room and and read the the big magazine or because it was like a yeah. newspaper wasn't it yeah, yeah it was yeah. as opposed yeah. to a, a little yeah. uh, and, and that must have been a conscious decision i assume was it to make it that format well dentistry is eponymous to everybody so we're not excluding anybody mm. in the team or the industry for that matter from from the, the media and that's the brand that we've really worked very hard at and, and mm. to have the accessibility which might be its physical size the style of its its content uh, the ease of reading, uh, you know, the, the whole package mm. is there so that everybody, whether you're the most learned professor in the sector, or many of whom are avid readers and comment positively and occasionally negatively of what we've done, through to, to new people coming into the, the, the community can uh, access dentistry and, and learn. Yeah, mm. yeah, and and obviously one of the other things that you do and it's just been published is the the dentistry top fifty, um, and you've changed it this year because in previous years you always had a ranking, yeah. uh, with one one through to fifty, and I, I think our good friend Milad tends to feature quite high yes, in that in that previous ranking, and he does an amazing job with the, the stuff that he does. This year you've changed it in that it's just a top fifty with no ranking. What was the the kind of the reasoning behind behind that? Well. I think it's important to evolve, you know, uh, and uh, we all know what happened to the dinosaurs, but the, 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 that's really where we're at with it. Just making it more valid, uh, more acceptable, more interesting. Uh, so this year, um, just going back a fraction is we initially had it as, as a vote led uh, entity and with and naively felt that would be ideal what's actually happened is it gets corrupted because some people lobby hard other people use different ip addresses or or mm. all mates of, to vote for you basically shenanigans <laughs> went on and uh that was dangerous and and uh in, in inappropriate so this year we've recreated it to be uh, more impact oriented. So we, we, we try and consider who's had a significant impact and we do still have votes, but they, they don't create the list. They just help, mm. help us help steer us in certain directions. If, if, if you can see a trend, 
through that. We ask lots of people and, and in fact, it's our team in the office that make the final decision as to who's included. And, and that's right. that's still being understood out there. I think a lot of people don't realize that's actually what happened. So the, the 2022 iteration of the top 50 is actually directly from FMC to, 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 to the magazine to be published online and so it's effectively the opinion of FMC, it is, the top it 50. Is it's not, it's not, it's not, yeah, yeah, an informed opinion, Correct. but it's not people voting for their favourite. It's, mm. it's your team sit down and, and look we at do. who they feel has made a, the biggest contribution in that year. And the idea is, is who's really made an impact and try and highlight and commend those people. Mm. Some whom, whom don't seek commendation, they're just quietly going about it, but we'd like to highlight mm. them. And others are more. Are, are more evident and, and enjoy the limelight and that, that's also fine so that that's where we're evolving it to and and uh you know if in the office uh, and in consulting with editorial board and looking at the votes whatever that threw up if we can't highlight 50 people who've made a big impact and get that pretty right then really we, we have to take a long hard look at ourselves so that's the 50 list and we don't mm. feel it appropriate to rank people uh mm. it's just a collective of 50 people who we believe have had a big impact. We might have missed somebody or there might be somebody mm. in who, who's a bit questionable. I'm not it's fine. Hopefully not. You guys were, <laughs> were not far outside of it. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, that's good. Thanks for that. Yeah. We, we, we've created our own list. Yeah. <laughs> I, but Ken, thank you for that because I think it's useful to get kind of the, the behind the scenes yeah, as to what year, goes on. Yeah, because uh, I think... STR. Yeah. I think a lot, a, a lot of people Stephen. see it and you know what the world's like, you know, when anything that turns out, which is, you know, a list of yeah. people, it's always going to get, you know, people being positive, sure. people being a bit sniffy. But I think that understanding that it's kind of the informed opinion of, of FMC mm. and who's contributed in that year, yeah. it's, it's like, so it's a really useful thing, useful thing to know. The other thing just quickly on it is that our company philosophy and attitude is to be positive and, and, and look forward and, and try and provide good, useful, valuable information and, and take a positive view on, 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 on what's going on. As we all know, for example, in the consumer media, there's a lot of negativity about dentistry and the cost of dentistry and mm. you know wealthy dentists and uh, you know, whatever people might say. Our view is to try and maintain a very positive, upbeat, celebratory uh, perspective on it uh, and try and celebrate good things and, and uh, you know, as you say, we do get some flack from time to time. I'd say 89, 95, whatever percent of people really like it. And in fact, the Dentistry Top 50 is probably the most popular thing in the dental mm. leader all year. Uh, but mm. you can't please all of the people. Do you get people who uh, will contact you and moan because they're not in the Top 50? You know, obviously, don't mention names, but do you get people who, like, when they get it, they get, I can't believe I'm not in the top 50. I'm going to give Ken a call. Do you, do you get people like that? Well, it does happen. Obviously, you two have both contacted me. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, shh, shh, shh. Um, I, I, don't, I don't do create the list, and, and I'm not that close to the process. So, uh, you know, it, it does happen that people might stop me in the corridor have a thing, but it, it, it's... Yeah. Um, it's 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 not something that, that I can really comment on. 
Oh, yeah. okay. No, fine, fine. So the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just to change tack and uh, and sort of it leads into the the Kilimanjaro thing. Um, you, you've openly talked about how your world changed in March 2020 uh, when you lost your wife Kimberly to COVID. It's the most terrible thing to happen. That that's over two years ago now. How how are you doing? How's that that last couple of years been like for you? Yeah, it's uh, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, it's been a hard couple of years. And uh, the, the culmination of that grieving period probably was the Kilimanjaro climb, uh, dedicating mm. that to Kimberley and trying to do good for uh, the sector uh, and support Dentaid. Uh, you know, it was you raised a, a huge amount of money. Yeah, thank you for your support too, which was very generous indeed. And uh, I, I was amazed and, and delighted uh, by the support we got from the community actually many 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 people supported us and uh, Tim Maloney uh, who actually led the climb not me uh, I, I tagged along grabbed him and he pulled me up but you know we, we, we had phenomenal backing and uh, mm. it was a very powerful emotional cathartic uh, trip and uh, we've now purchased uh, or through Dente the, the vehicle and it's being it's being worked on uh mm, hopefully going to... so dente they fund um, mobile dental units um in to deliver dental services in the uk and overseas yeah. that's right isn't it and you've been able to actually provide a, a whole vehicle through your fundraising yeah i think dente do a multitude of different things uh in 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 dentistry to help uh people mm. one of which is in the uk they have uh, uh, um i'm not sure how many three or four maybe of these buses, uh, uh, which go to troubled areas to help people who can't normally get dentistry. Mm. Uh, the one that we've just uh, um, gotten involved with or, or helped purchase is, is I think, the state-of-the-art vehicle, uh, and it can do a hell of a lot of good out there uh, and uh, look forward to getting it on the road. Mm. I mean, to put it into context, I, I don't know what the number's at, but it, it, it's over £50,000 you've raised, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's over Which that, is yeah. a, 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 I mean, well done. And, and for mm. you, yeah, in Kimberley's name, to do something like that is, is special. Um, it's, it's, it's a lovely thing to do. Yeah. Mm. It, um, the bus actually has no name on the front. Right. So like Eddie Stobart Trucks, it, it, it's, yeah. it's called it's called Kimberley <laughs> Finlayson, the actual vehicle, which well, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. Yet, but it will have, and and uh, it'd be great to have that. Yeah, Kimberly driving around the country helping people as she did uh, when she was alive. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So on on to the climb. Um, obviously, very few people get get to do. So I'm fascinating about the training you did, the kit you needed. Did you suffer with altitude sickness, exhaustion, the exhilaration when you hit the top? What just talk us through kind of that that whole process. What was it like? Well, if anyone spent time with Tim Maloney. <laughs> they'll realize that I didn't have any option but to c complete the challenge. And he's a great leader. He, and he's only got an on and off switch, hasn't he? Yeah, There's nothing in between. Yeah. It's either all on or all off. We, yeah. were, we were doing it and he was making sure we did it. So uh, it was uh, quite tiring. And uh, yeah, the training program was 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 not great. Uh, I, I've had an injured foot for quite a long time. And, and so I couldn't run and I couldn't really walk very far. Uh, so it was a concern, but, um, you know, obviously watching alcohol consumption, you know, 
doing various exercises in the gym type of thing was was my regimen and uh we made it uh, it wasn't exhilarating at the top it was for me a triumph to support kimberly and mm -hmm. make sure i got there so so it was a in that sense it was a, i just needed to take that box and not let the people down that had supported the the mission um our contributors mm -hmm. like yourselves uh, uh, mm -hmm. and then it's just about getting down uh, and uh, enjoying the celebration at the bottom, which Tim and yeah. I did into the early hours of the night. <laughs> I can assure you. Was well, it think I'd appreciated how hard it is? It was, you know, because obviously we we know Tim and we know you. And in a way, going to the top of Kilimanjaro, quite a lot of people do it. Mm. As you sort of, as in they publicise that they've yeah. done it. So you sort of think, oh well, you know, it's just climbing up a mountain, isn't it? But but when you then actually listen to you guys and you watch more, you learn more about it it's not just climbing up snowdon oh no <laughs> mm. it's significantly harder and yeah. i think sometimes people probably perceive it as really not as yeah. as risky because you, you know oxygen you, you sometimes you need oxygen don't you i can't remember and some people don't respond very well and i'm sure yeah. people have died on the way up yeah. and it's just i think it's one of those ones i think the the, the risk sometimes is that people see it but I, yeah. from looking at it and listening, I know that it is so mm. much harder than the sort of perception about it. It's almost like you had a, some people, I would imagine, might have thought it was a little bit of a stroll up Kilimanjaro. Well, when I looked at the it's, pictures, it's not, when I looked at the pictures work. of you and Tim, and I think it was it Tim's brother-in-law. Yeah, brother. Brother yeah. Came, with, brother came with you. You know, there's no doubt you are knackered. Those mm. pictures of you on the top of the mountain, you can see you are absolutely on the bones of your ass. It's it's not an easy thing to do. And mm. then you've got to get back down. And I yeah. think people forget that, mm. that you then got to safely get back down. What was it was it ever in doubt when you were when you were on the mountain you were climbing, was there any moment where it's like, I'm not sure we're gonna do this? Well, I must say Chris really nailed it with his explanation because that's exactly what I thought. You know, it's a walk up a mountain for God's sake. I mean, it'd be fine. That's that's how I actually got into it. And, that's and why you said. That's I, why you thought. Yeah, that's how you got suckered into it, wasn't it? Not even suckered into it. That's when I was standing at the bottom of the mountain. That's what I thought it was going to be. I really did, and I was pretty shocked when it wasn't that easy. Um, well, I had the one incident uh, where I rolled my ankle badly uh, on the way up, and only I knew how bad that was. Tim, fun enough, wasn't overly sympathetic to the situation uh, and uh, felt that it was just a minor injury. <laughs> I should keep running, uh, and, and, uh, and it was it was quite bad. I'm still suffering actually to this to this day. But uh, adrenaline and 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 Tim is great leader, pushed me hard. Without that, I wouldn't have made it, truthfully. Uh, and uh, so so I did have a wobble, uh, mm. uh, but but we got there, and then then getting down is just an ordeal that you suffer because you you're up there and and it, it it's unpleasant mm. but it's mm. how it's long did it take in total up and down eight days wow i mean that's a lot isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's not like it's not a stroll no it's not a stroll up snowden you know it is yeah it's a i think snowden's probably quite hard to <laughs> But uh, it's obviously a bit bigger, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a longer. In fairness, you can take a train up Snowden if you fancy it. Yes, so, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, there's, a, there's an alternative, isn't there? You, you, you said that this was <laughs> kind of yeah. You, you said this was kind of the culmination of the, the last two years to climb Kilimanjaro. Did it? 
did it almost feel like that was kind of a, a wrapper for those those last two years or, or do you feel now that you want to go on and do other other challenges or was this something that you was kind of focused towards? No, that's something I was really focused towards. Yeah, mm. very focused towards it. You don't have closure, what people say closure. Yeah. But the, you don't really have closure because you've got the memory and you can't forget. Mm. But it, mm. it was significant to sort of say, well, what a horrible period that's been. We finish with a dedication, with a, a mm. real life memorial to, to Kimberly mm. and help a lot of people. It, it felt good to have done that. And, and yeah, I can imagine. Then it's a question of oh, let's do new things, whatever that might be. But but mm -hmm. uh, Tim's obviously dropped me from future expeditions based on my performance sure. on yeah, Kevin Charles. Completely understandable. Completely but, uh, understandable. Yeah, that's what I said to him as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, uh, but but yeah. So who knows what happens next? But that was mm. that was yeah. Uh, and has that has that process changed your out your own outlook on life? Has it has it changed you as a person? I don't think so. Truthfully, <laughs> no. It was yeah. great to do it, but I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, no. Because sometimes people yeah. do those things, don't yeah. they? And they kind of have this moment where you know everything. Everything changes. Yeah. So, do 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 you think your your mountain climbing career has started and stopped with that single climb, or I think will we so. see you on other? I'd imagine we so. won't be seeing you do another like no. a Nims or anything yeah, like that. No. You know, doing a number of peaks in a no. period of time. The easy route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I think. Uh, Time to try something different. So I'll, I'll give that when I can start walking properly. I'll give that some thought. Yeah. Cocktail yeah. drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There we are. Well, yeah, hopefully Around the, the pool. See how many cocktails you can Around the world in 80 bars. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> now there's a challenge. Isn't <laughs> Around the world in 80 bars. Yeah, that'd be quite good. That'd fun. be a good TV With Chris show. Trevins. Can you a publisher? Sort that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arrive by private jet. I like that one. Yeah, I'd love that. If you can sort that out, Chris, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me just make a note. <laughs> no, it sounds like a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah. Our publisher who could advertise it. Oh, yeah, oh. we do care. Yeah. <laughs> and just going back to your your own success, what would you say is, is the most important thing that's helped you in your success? If you could distill it down to to one thing that was critical to get you to where you are, what what would you say that is? I'd say. I mean, Avis coined it some time ago, but we just try harder. Mm. Yeah, always try harder than the other people. It takes away all the, you know, there's so many variables, aren't there, uh, Andy? So, mm. you know, you can't control many of the variables. Intelligence. No, you can only do your best, can't you? Intelligence, the caliber of the idea, you know, what, what the competition have got heritage wise uh, standard wise but you can control the level of energy and effort that you put in and my dad told me many years ago you know ken don't work harder work smarter and i said to him mm. how about harder and smarter uh, and uh that that you know I, i'm not purporting myself to be smart by the way but you know we definitely uh, uh, have a culture to really try hard as epitomize on the climb and the things we do we, we we might not always get it right but we'll certainly try really yeah. try hard oh i love that i love that and like you say that's a very difficult thing for other people to um to compete against as well because you have an attitude as we're always going to go the extra mile yeah and if that then becomes part of your culture and you end up with an army of people all going the extra mile becomes very powerful yeah 
there's that aim for the skies and you might hit the trees if you don't get it but yeah. if you aim for the trees you might hit the bottom of the tree yeah. so yeah. if you aim high even if you don't achieve you will yeah. achieve better than you would have done if you're not yeah yeah <laughs> we we always wrap up with a couple of questions we always ask our guests the, the, the same two questions yeah, so our, our first one is if you could be the fly on the wall with somebody in a certain situation what situation would you like to be where would that be and who would you who would you be with well, there's a thing going on right now, which is unfortunate in the world. And that is this horrendous Ukrainian situation. Mm. And I'm hell of a confused about it. I think we all are. We're getting a, 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 a Western media take on it. Um, mm. We don't know to what level of spin we get on that or not. And obviously, there's a uh, Eastern spin goes on within that Eastern side of Europe. Mm. If I could be a fly on the wall, I'd love to sit in, in Putin's office and watch and listen and learn and see, is this guy for real? What's he really doing? What does he really think? Because yeah, I just don't know. And I mm. don't believe everything i read and hear from cnn or from bbc or any, anywhere i know where there's a, a mass of propaganda saying to us that that uh there's a demon there you know mm. ruining the world and, and i feel that is the case but i, I want to be that fly on the wall let's see what he's really doing what's going on yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it, really I think a lot of people are very confused about what's going on and what his real motivation is for what's mm. happening. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully that situation is going to wrap itself up fairly soon. Well, hopefully. It doesn't all, feel all that way. Sakes. It doesn't feel it doesn't, that way. unfortunately. Let's hope so for all those people yeah. suffering. And we talked about, you know, my situation on Kilimanjaro or wherever it is, and mm. we've all got issues and problems and hassles. But could you imagine lying in your bed at night with the air raid sirens and it's incomprehensible and, uh, isn't it it's totally incomprehensible mm. as a to try and put yourself in the shoes of someone like that you know oh. i was reading an article today that some uh, lady 91 i think she survived the uh the nazis when mm. that when they were there because she's jewish mm. and then she died in a flat um out of food and no water or something and you know you just look at all that and you think oh, man you know yeah. that, that's multiplied mm. all over the place and and in in a way it's not just you know ukraine is it's multiplied around the world oh, in yeah. different situations yeah. and stuff yeah like Oh yeah, yeah. That's just the one that's in the news. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's lots of other situations. Yeah, no, mm. it's horrendous. No, that'd be. I agree. It'll be very interesting. And then our last one is: if you could meet anyone, um, is there someone that you'd like to you'd like to meet? Fictional, non-fictional, fictional, alive, fictional. Yeah, um, anyone? You know, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, I mean, we're on a podcast. I mean, I, I'm in media and communications and. The whole area fascinates me, what you can do, how you can do it, the, the power of communication, the different trends and people, uh, the conservatives, the liberals, the young people, the, the, the um, what do you call them, those, those people that, that uh, doubt everything. There's a guy, I think he's the biggest podcaster in the world at the moment, called Joe Rogan. I'm sure you've yeah. heard of him, you guys, yeah, yeah. people like you, you know about him. <laughs> he, he, I'm not, 
you know, politically, uh, I don't know exactly where he stands. I do find the guy fascinating in his ability mm. to extricate a, a different view on the world from mm. pretty much everybody <clears throat> he talks to. Uh, uh, I'd be fascinated to know what he extricated from me. But the, the, mm. I think he is, is, is a guy for us all to watch because love him or loathe him, he's got a massive following of the mm. next generation. So we mm. think, we think, uh, and Putin thinks, and, 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 and uh, those of us of a certain age believe that we're shaping the world and, and da, da, da. But I think people of, of, of falling under his influence are, are probably more likely to be the ones shaping the world. And the, and, and the people that love him and follow him and feel motivated by his views, it's probably mm. where we're going. And so you know, I'd like to meet him and find out, is he for real? You know, what is he mm. really about? Because, you know. Oh, his influence is, oh, I mean, you know, dramatic. hundreds of millions of downloads. I know fairly recently he kind of got caught up in some in some debate around the vaccination, and, vaccination and, and anti-vaxxing and that thing. And it, it blew up and he kind of had to come out and, you know, make a <laughs> statement and an apology. And like, to drop him. But like he said himself, you know, he's not an expert on this stuff. Mm. He's just a guy sharing an opinion. But he and has And I'm not sure he does apologise, Andy. I don't know if he outright apologises for anything. I, maybe he did. I didn't hear that. But, I, you know, I know that he gets commercial pressure from Spotify because they pay him hundred million yeah. dollars. <laughs> and the reality is he could walk away from those guys, couldn't he? He doesn't yeah. need but is it and on a on a, a much wider note, is one of the things that we suffer from society, and I don't know the answer, is that you're almost not allowed to just have an opinion. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you say something you can get castigated for well, it's just cancel, just having it's just an cancel culture. Yeah, isn't so it? The danger is you people don't have yeah. opinions because they don't want to, they don't want to put themselves yeah. across. But the world's so become quite binary, hasn't it? If I say something, it, it now feels the only thing you can do is agree with me or disagree with me. Yeah. yeah. We can't yeah, have a debate yeah. or a conversation yeah. or share views and yeah. perhaps come to some middle ground. It's either I agree or I disagree and that's it. Mm. And that's kind of the Twitter mentality of the world. And I think Joe Rogan does uh, um, explode that notion by mm. taking both sides of the argument and, and sitting in the middle of it and stimulating them to give the young people a perspective on things rather than taking the feed straight off Fox News uh, which mm -hmm. has got a very aggressive right-wing bias and and, yeah. and, and, and believing that's the truth. <laughs> that's communications going forward. I mean, even in dentistry, in my history, then the, the typically older guys, I view them as older guys, they're probably my age when they spoke to me, but that, that would, would say, you know, cosmetic dentistry, no. Whitening, no. People don't want that. It's wrong for our country. Etc. Etc. And and yet now uh, uh, that that's a mainstay of of high street dentistry. You know, sad to say it, guys, but the three of us, you know, our views are rapidly losing focus and and yeah, and, and are not creating the agenda for the future. It is it is that next wave of thinking that that will be the world in in ten years. And and uh, and our views are probably coming to the end. We'll be there, um, criticizing these young people. Uh, and <laughs> telling them that it didn't used to be this bad. 
uh, and so on and so forth. Well, that, was, that, was that, that, that was the end of this episode, and we could call one of the three wizard old blokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three guys around a PC. We but no, I think you're right, Ken. I think you're right. I th- and I think it's, it's also important for um, the older guard to create space for the new guys as yeah. well. So that the new ideas come through because the danger is um, things don't move forward in the way and at the pace they should. So yeah. I, th- I think creating space for the new ideas is, we, is important. But we were talking about managing people. I mean, I know this we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but do you remember we were talking about managing people? We said basically human beings have sort of been the same for the last 50,000 mm. years, really, in the way they respond to stimulus and stuff like that. I said the things that we've really changed are, are how we, we were talking about management. We said, you know, at one time it was, go- it was a good scene, uh, you know, it was okay to beat your staff and whip mm. them and stuff like that whereas yes, yeah. we now know that that's probably not a great way of managing mm. people but psychologically we're, we're sort of still respond to the same things as we responded before you know it's a bit like the old Maslow's hierarchy oh, yeah. isn't it really? yeah, it's, completely. it's yeah. fascinating but you then need a different a different generation to, to explain it in a different way yeah. almost it's, it's it's quite fascinating quite fascinating. it's time honoured isn't it and and uh, using a social analogy but, but you know, if anyone's ever been to a golf club you know the the old guard struggle with the new ideas, and and uh, mm. you know uh, it, it, it was always the way. I'm sure, uh, and will continue to be the way. Uh, and, and you can't stop change anyway, so there is no, no halting it. You you have to say this. You know, however pleasant or unpleasant you might think, let's say the Joe Rogan uh, group of people, the hundreds of millions listening to his views and the views of his guests. You know they're shaping the, the future whether we like it or not and, and oh, yeah. Yeah. but down the path metaphorically speaking if i speak to my 50 something year old mates they don't like it at all but mm-hmm. we don't like this it's like well that's almost academic yeah. but the, oh. you know and that's the power of communication too so I, I look forward to that next phase and lastly just on that with a, in a dental note so i started dentistry monthly back in 1924 i think it was something like that a while back <laughs> just before the crash and then uh my arch, responsible for the great depression my, <laughs> my arch rival at that point he did become very depressed but the the uh read some of the articles he said to me he said to me you'll never survive it's never going to work you, you, you know he just didn't like the notion of of change and progress at all and and unfortunately mm. his business didn't last and and, uh, and and I'm still here and mm. you know we just have to keep evolving listening to this oh, uh, younger people are watching and, and getting inspired by them yeah. and giving them leadership and strength because mm. if we try and hold it too long we'll, we'll blow it I mean and the uh, analogy of the mountain you know Tim Tim led the way the whole way if it had been me we'd have packed in halfway <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we, we need to get these younger people to to, to to be the leaders and and, and we'll yeah. mm. we'll advise them from time to time and, and help them but that that's as far we'll, as we'll be doing the around the world in 80 bars ken yeah, yeah. let's trailblaze that one good with with all this technology we <laughs> could do it from whichever bar yeah no that's fine yeah we'll go ahead and do that so yeah i think there might be a, a germ of an idea there yeah i think there could be a germ well let's idea. go for it guys i look forward I to the invitation we, i mean countries you could do 80 countries yeah yeah it probably would be because you wouldn't have to do them all like consecutively 
Yes, obviously, I think probably my wife wouldn't be too happy about <laughs> eighty days in eighty bars. But you, you could do like a we few. Could, we could, could get you? Michael Payton to join us. He's still like travelling. Yeah, 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 he'd be a good right, Ken, we, we'll be, 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 Before this turns into a two-hour podcast, and we're going to challenge Joe Rogan for one of his epics, we, 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 we better wrap it up. There we go. That's five in one day. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really appreciate your time, Ken. It's been it's been brilliant talking to you. I think it's you've had. Uh, uh, you know, uh, an incredible couple of years. So much has gone on, yeah. but to hear that kind of beginning and and those two years, and then that culmination of, of the Kilimanjaro, but also your your outlook on where the future's at and creating that space for the younger people. It's been a fascinating chat. Really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Pleasure, yeah, guys. Speak. Really nice to speak. To yeah. You. Cheers. All the best. Yeah. Yeah. Look at ourselves. Thanks, Ken. All Cheers, right. Ken. That was a lovely chat to Ken, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He's a nice guy, actually. I mean, I know we we've known him for a long time. Yeah, and we we meet up in the shows mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, he's just a lovely guy. It's a nice story, actually. Mm. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? He doesn't class himself an entrepreneur, but still, he got on a plane, went to New York, yeah. went to look at the publications of the American dental practices because he knew they'd be advanced. He okay. does. So that's entrepreneurial he thinking does ahead, slightly isn't it? He, doesn't, he didn't suddenly go, well, I'll tell you what, let's start a magazine yeah. and then mm. try and do it from scratch. Mm. He thought, I'll tell you what, where mm. can I learn from? So I, I think I think he's also very modest, isn't he? Oh, very. He's but very I thought also man. he's in a very reflective mood, that yeah. whole process. And, and it was good for him to talk about Kimberley and, and that period in his life, but also that culmination of the Kilimanjaro climb mm. and what that meant to him. You know, not just in the kind of the physical challenge, but it's obviously a big deal. Um, and yeah, like I say it was good to hear what it what it how that felt and what it looked like. Mm. And also hearing that you know it was Tim Maloney that kind of dragged him up the mountain. And we know Tim really yeah, well, yeah, and, yeah. and that wasn't surprising because he is a kind of we're going to get this done type guy. Yeah. I quite like the fact that he did <clears throat> he he resisted the temptation to do to create almost like a Kimberley charity. Yeah, uh, he he. He looked at it and said, "Actually, I can raise money, donate it to Dentaid, yeah. who can do more with it because they're a charity already with all the mm. infrastructure, and that he's going to have a permanent memorial, whereas there was a bus loss yeah. of 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 Kimberley mm. driving around. Oh yeah, I, it's I, special. Think I think that's great because yeah. you, you could quite easily have thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the fifty k plus to do something mm. else." But almost then, potentially, do you dilute it? Yeah. You know, he's giving it to someone, and that's what they do. He's fitting it. And up. within dentistry, which is where Kimberly yeah, works, right, it, it fits nicely. Yeah, it and I also enjoyed listening to him explain the background to the dentistry top 50 mm. and how it's an informed opinion mm. of people within FMC <clears> as opposed to it being on a pure voting system, yeah, which yeah. can open itself to people kind of yeah. fiddling around and things. Yeah, and, and it's that thing, isn't it? Whether you agree who's in the top 50 it's sort of it's just their opinion that's all yeah. it is it's someone has made an opinion mm. about something it's not it's not almost like on a chart of you know no, you haven't plotted like who's done this yeah, or anything yeah. like that it's yeah. someone's opinion and, and the answer is we can all have opinions which is great and sometimes we mm. agree or don't agree yeah. no it was, it was brilliant it was yeah it was really, really enjoyable thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on Instagram <laughs>